0: You are now listening to The Moon Child. And I thought I was only right that I come on here Thursday, January 14th on a very gloomy, foggy afternoon around 12 o'clock. And I thought I would be, I thought I was only right that I come here and talk about the big news in the NBA yesterday. James Harden to the Brooklyn Nets. Now, if you remember my predictions, I did not have the Rockets going to the playoffs this year. Not that I don't think their ro- their roster is good enough. I didn't think, you know, the whole thing with James Harden not wanting to be there would work out. I didn't think he would be able to get out of Houston so fast. And, you know, the, the chemistry, he obviously didn't want to be there. His teammates was feeling disrespected. I understand why he didn't want to be there but obviously the way he went about the business is it was not professional he could have done it in a better way he could have gave it you know his all towards the finish line and made it more clear but you know at the end of the day the Rockets were showing that they weren't trying to trade him either so but we are now entering a new era in the NBA again the same era that started in 2008 we're back in the three. We're back in the big three era, folks. And I don't know how I feel about it because I still don't I want to have them necessarily as clear cut favorites in the East. This is good for the Eastern Conference. I believe the East is so competitive. And uh, trust me, there will be a domino effect. All that, you know, the only dom- domino effect is win because there will be another big three form. Whether it's in the West, whether it's in the East, and let's go. Let's let's just go over the trade, right? So, Brooklyn now has James Harden, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant. Now, say what you want about the personalities; those are three guys that can give you thirty points per game. You know, you can talk about their bench being a little depleted, but at the end of the day, you're going to either have James Harden, KD, or Kyrie. When they're healthy or, you know, if they're all playing, they're all they're all going to be. One of them is going to be in the game at all times, potentially with another teammate. So you're going to see combinations with KD and Kyrie, KD and Harden um, and Harden and Kyrie. All you need is shooters. All you need them is just to get out the way. That's that's very deadly. That's a lot of defensive attention. So that's going to be amazing to watch, you know, depending how it meshes who knows if Kyrie's going to show up on the court again i think he is i don't think what's happening with Kyrie right now is really a big deal it's just a couple regular season games when he comes back on the court or if he starts to perform in the playoffs everybody's going to forget this i feel like this he he's given the media a reason to just keep talking about him keep talking about him cuz he's not explaining himself my thing is if his teammates are good with him if his coach is good with him if they're rocking with him That's all that matters at the end of the day. So I'm not taking too big of a deal. We all know how good and prolific as a basketball player he is. He is arguably, not arguably, he is the best ball handler of all time. James Harden and Kevin Durant is their three-time scoring champion. So that's a lot to deal with. And then, now, I was kind of upset that the Sacramento Kings didn't get involved in this trade. So let's talk about the other teams. So the Rockets... They went from having no future at all, having went all in for Russell Westbrook, and having went all in to get Chris Paul, giving up so many picks, and they were stuck there with James Harden. Now they resurrect themselves, got four swap picks, four first-round picks, and they got Victor Oladipo from Indiana, Well, whether if he wants to stay there or not fine but he has one year left on his contract so if he stays there and he balls out for Houston for the rest of this year fine and you keep him you have a nice solidified starting five with John Wall, Victor Oladipo, Christian Wood, DeMarcus Cousins and then you got guys like Daniel Heis, Daniel House, Eric Gordon a six man of the year they have this rookie um i forgot his first name but something Tate he's a good ball player good 3 and D guy so they they got some pieces they and they got a lot of draft capital to build on so they found a way to resurrect themselves a little bit but then there's also rumors that Victor Oladipo doesn't want to that he wants to head to Miami so if that does want to happen if that does happen they can always trade Victor Oladipo whether it's a sign-in trade in the offseason or if he doesn't even last the whole season they send him off in the trade deadline and flip him for more you know Miami could be a good spot he has an expiring contract, so that can that can mean a lot of things. So there's a huge domino effect with this hardened trade as well. But let me continue to the other teams who I think these two teams just got free gifts. So you look at the Pacers, they got Karis LeVert, who is on a three-year, con- who has three years left on his contract, making only like $16 million a year, who can definitely have an approved role with Indiana, and he's shown That he can be a guy who can easily get 20 in this league. And he can facilitate. And he's long. He can play defense. He fills the void of Victor Oladipo. Great. And now they have a nice core with Malcolm Brogdon, Karis LeVert, Sabonis, Miles Turner, TJ Warren when he gets back. Um, That new head coach for, for Indiana, the assistant coach from Toronto last year. They loving his system. They're starting off pretty strong. So they have something to develop on. And with them being a small market and having guys under contract, that helps them. So um, they're going to stay competitive in the East. And the East is very competitive now. And then you look at the Cavs who just swept up Jared Allen and Teron Prince. I don't know how that happened. And honestly, they they just got free gift. They just got a free gift. And Cavs have been one of the best teams in the NBA. And I've been on them for um, not only with the sexlin thing, but it's their, it's their help around the rim. They have Andre Drummond, JaVale McGee, and now they have Jared Allen. They have loads of rim protection. It's going to be impossible to score in the paint against that team. Impossible. You're going to have to deal with Jared Allen, Andre Drummond, or JaVale McGee in the game at all times. Sometimes both in the game. And if you look at the Lakers formula to winning the championship, yes, they had two they had two great players, two top five players, but their main formula was having sure rim protection. A D not only being a great offensive player, but he's also a top two, not probably not two, defensive player in the league right now. And then you add Dwight and JaVale, it's impossible to score in the paint. All the Lakers needed to do throughout the season was Get as many paint buckets as possible, and once they get the lead, you're going to have to shoot your way to beat the Lakers, and that's not necessarily the easiest thing when you're dealing with the efficiency of LeBron. So, I like what the Cavs is building right now. I really do. I am mad that the Kings weren't involved, and I blame Buddy Hill for that, because if Buddy Hill could have been on the same caliber, you know, as the shooting guard were paying him, mind you, Buddy Hill is making more money than Karis Levert, by the way, (laughs) answer the question for yourself if you think they're the same value or do you think buddy Hilled is more valuable than caris Levert? i would say no but because he hasn't proven he's on the same tier as those two he can't be involved in a trade houston's not going to want a buddy healed or indiana's not going to want a buddy Hill that could have been us with the jared with the jared allen man and i i was really hoping that jared allen would end up with us and then cleveland snagged up on him so Good moves by Cleveland. Cleveland has something special going on. Um, I like Cleveland more than Atlanta. I would tell you that. And I think Cleveland got a good thing going on. They got they got the whole little sex limb thing going. They got Isaac Okoro, Kevin Porter Jr., Seb- Seti Osman. They still have Larry Nance and Kevin Love, Andre Drummond, all these fucking rim protectors. They just need a backup point guard and they ready to go. And so I, I like what Cleveland's going on. So... If you ask me the winner of the trade, the winner of the trade is obviously who got the best player. And it's good for the Nets. Because now say if this whole thing with Kyrie don't work out, the dynamic duo of Kevin Durant and James Harden, I like. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. People act like James Harden is not willing to play in this no, look. He was playing he sacrificed his role as a six-man in OKC. He was coming off of ball screens. He was doing backdoor cuts. Then he was, went to Houston, did what he was asked to do. And in Houston, when he first came in to Houston, he was shooting mid-range jumpers. I don't think he's a one-dimensional player. I really don't. He has all the tools on offense. Every single tool, tool you, have, you want on offense, he has it. I just hope he can rely on the mid-range game a little bit better. I think that will happen when he's playing with KD. So um, he's going to be playing with great players. And I think it should be good. He's back with D'Antoni, and Steve Nash, and being around with Kevin Durant, who's on a revenge season tour. I think it should be good, and it's good for the NBA. Now, what this means for the East, whoo! Because you can't just say the Nets are like, oh, clear-cut favorites. You look at the Bucks. They're constantly finding a way to win 60 games every year. This is their third run at it. You know, this is their third run. They added Drew Holiday, who should be an all-star this year. And they have continuity, you know, they have they definitely have the most continuity. And mind you, Giannis is there for the next five years. So that that's that's good for the Milwaukee. I like seeing small market teams be able to have that hope of competing for a championship. So Bucks, they're in a, you know, so you got to think of the teams that are in championship or bus mode. You got the Bucks, they're in championship or bus mode. Um, You got the Nets now, they're in championship or bus mode. Then you think about Philly. Philly's going for the title. They in first place right now. They got all the shooters. and Bede is looking better than ever with the spacing. Um, Adding Seth Curry. Even though Danny Green is off, he's still going to help them. Um, the addition of Tyrese Maxey, who was a player I actually wanted the Kings to draft, but Tyrese Halliburton fell way too far low. I thought Tyrese Halliburton wasn't leaving past pick number eight. No way in hell. Like I thought Detroit would choose him, or I thought the Suns would choose him. But I was looking at Tyrese Maxey as a realistic option, and he's a good combo guard, and he can play the defense, he's good at finishing around the rim, he can play on and off ball. But we got Tyrese Halliburton, and I'm not going to complain about that. But anyways, you got Philly competing for a championship in the East as well. And it's kind of a, you know, for them it's a championship or bust as well. Even though they're young, I still think Embiid and Simmons, they're very young, People don't like Simmons because he—they say he hasn't progressed. He's an all NBA defender, um, and he's a top—he's an elite playmaker. I don't see, and he's an elite finisher around the basket. If you want to just talk about his shooting, fine, but he's still a very big threat in the court, and he could change the game. So, w- but he still has to get over that playoff hump, just like Giannis. And then you got the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat is. They went to the finals last year. They ain't slowing down. And I think out of all the teams, they might be that next one to make a big three. I think you might really see Miami Heat push for Bradley Beal, especially if the Wizards keep going at the pace that they're going. Bradley Beal deserves a chance at a title um, or a chance on the playoff contending team. Whether he wants to be there or not, it's best for the Wizards to just, the longer they keep Bradley Beal, they're not going to be weak enough to rebuild. And they're, they're going to be in this place called No Man's Land. And this experience of No Man's Land is something that the Hornets were going through and the Sacramento Kings were going through. When you have a top tier player like a DeMarcus Cousins, a Kemba Walker, they're not going to make you weak enough to be able to rebuild. You're always going to be fighting for that ninth and eighth seed. And you don't want to do that. You don't want to be, in, especially when a player is in his prime when he's like 28, 29. They deserve to be competing for a championship. And Wizards need to rebuild. They need to move from the John Wall and Bradley Beal era and move on with Russ when they get a chance after this year. Just restart it. You know, they need, they desperately need defense. And, you know, you can probably build around Rui Hachimara and Denny Avija and try to get something out of return from it, from the Miami Heat trade. You can get yourself a Kendrick Nunn, you can get yourself maybe a Tyler Hero, a KZ Acapella, or a precious Achiwa. um get one of those players man you really try to build a foundation and get some picks of course just get some extra picks and try to build a foundation from there and join the um hella hella draft picks fan club with the oklahoma city thunder and the new orleans pelicans and now the houston rockets and then if you think about any other contenders so those are as far as contending for a championship and then there's one more team. There's the Boston Celtics. This dynamic duo of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown is something special. And they have another thing that they have is continuity. They've Got a good coach, and they've been playing with each other. So they're hungry as well. So you got five teams that are expecting themselves to take the East, and you got competitive teams like always. You got, you got the, um, I don't know. I I still believe they'll turn around, maybe. But the Raptors are struggling right now, so they're kind of out of. But the Pacers, the Pacers are looking really good. Then the um, the Hawks, they're trying to make a run for it. So you got you got. But as far as championship contenders, there's five teams, five teams in the East right now that realistically believes that they can win a championship. That's Brooklyn. That's Milwaukee. That's Philly. That's Boston, and that's Miami. So it's exciting. It's good for the East. We're gonna see how this transpires, but there's definitely gonna be a domino butterfly effect, whatever you want to call it, through this trade. Now, if we head over to the West. Oh my god, Laker fans are giving me a headache. Not really Laker fans, really LeBron fans, because they just think Harden is running away from LeBron, just specifically. Now this whole trade has become about LeBron because because the Lakers are the are the flavor are the favorites. But they are not the clear-cut favorites this year. They are not. And this whole idea that, oh, oh, LeBron got everybody, every superstar running to the East. No. Harden couldn't overcome the Golden State Warriors, okay? He couldn't beat the Warriors. And I'm not going to hold Harden accountable. Yes, he had some playoff chokes. But he's gave it his all to that franchise he never low managed he played every single game and he gave them eight straight years of playoffs that's the longest streak in the nba right now eight straight years so as a kings fan i've seen not seeing the team in 14 years not make the playoffs that's awfully impressive he couldn't beat the warriors okay nobody could have beat the warriors only the 2016 Cavs beat the warriors so yeah he went to two western conference finals and and the Houston went from nothing to something because of him and how he elevated his game on the individual level. The way he went out was bad. I agree, but um, it's gonna take some time for Rockets fans to get over. But they're gonna miss watching him play on a night-to-night basis. They definitely get missing missing him. Watch, miss watching him play on a night-to-night basis. And the strippers is gonna miss all them dollars he used to be throwing too. <laughs> so. Nightlife is 24 7. James Harden is 24 7 in New York, so he should be having a good time there. And but now he's in a position where he has to get a title, so the pressure's on Harden. Um, But if we go into the West, uh, I have to I still haven't seen the Lakers beat the Clippers in a series, vice versa. I haven't seen the Clippers beat the Lakers in a series as well. But if we look at the West, I don't think there's any teams that's on the same level as the Lakers and the Clippers right now. I think the closest ones may be the Trailblazers and maybe the Suns if Chris Paul can elevate them like that. But DeAndre Aiden hasn't shown that much of improvement. And they really struggle on the interior. AD will just demolish. AD and LeBron will just demolish the Suns. They match up better with the Clippers but AD and LeBron will just demolish the Suns. They they just will demolish the Suns. That's just said and done. Now, with the Trailblazers, is interesting because CJ McCollum has really improved, really improved. And he's just going on. He's shooting more threes instead of those mid-ranges, and it's being really effective from him. And when they run their half-court offense... By the way, the Kings blew a 20-point lead against the Blazers last night. And, uh, oh, my God... Marvin Bagley just—he can't play defense. That's—that's that's all I gotta say about that. Um, we, Buddy finally got more than twenty points this season. Um, but I'm ready to move off of Buddy. Tyrese Halliburton just shows improvement every single game, every single quarter. His vision off the pick and roll is just amazing, and it, it's just—it's just fascinating watching Tyrese run off the pick and roll. But you know who else is fascinating watching off the pick and roll? Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum when they're on their pick and roll doing their shit They're so efficient as an offense. I just think They should make a trade, you know, if they can make a move of the trade down there, because they got robert covington now derrick jones has improved as a player they got um They got Nurkic, who looks like he's kind of a down here if they can just maybe add a power forward another one You know say if you can get yourself a kevin love, you know send a draft pick and maybe not little or something like that, for Kevin Love, or Zach Collins, get you a Kevin Love, and I would love to see that combination of a pick and roll with Nurkic, and a pick and fade with Kevin Love, and Kevin Love is from the Oregon area, so I think it'll be perfect, they got to find a way how to make money match with that, but I think Kevin Love would be a good, and he can be, Kevin Love can get a chance to compete with it, compete with,
1: compete again,
0: and he has a championship pedigree, Um, Kevin Love has shown that he can be the second best player on it, even though it was LeBron, but he's still the second best player on the, on the finals team. So, um, I think Portland can maybe take that next step, but as far as still beating the Clippers and the Lakers, it's going to be tough. As well as with the Clippers, they, I think it's going to happen. I was watching the game and they wasn't even playing Lou Will in the second half. You can definitely see a Lou Will trade coming up. Um, they just they just, once they get that floor general, once they get that floor general, they they can get they can be in control. They won't be blowing leads, but they need that pure floor general. Kawhi shouldn't have to become a playmaker. Paul George shouldn't have to become a playmaker. If they can find a way to send Lou for for Rajon Rondo, um, I think that can help them in the long run. If they can just get themselves a nice floor general, just a nice a nice floor general point guard um even like a, a ricky rubio ricky rubio would be perfect for them you know get a guy like that and they would immensely be better because they have that floor general they have a guy that's willing to move the ball control the offense get Kawhi into the spots get paul george into his spots facilitate and that facilitate facilitating process is huge because Kawhi and paul george they don't facilitate like lebron do lebron is a top 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 tier facilitator at 6'8 250 pounds so um that but the thing that the Lakers lack is a little bit shooting but they lack rim protection they lack a lot of rim protection 6'8 Montrez Harrell is completely different from having JaVale and Dwight in the game at all times I love Marcus Gasol his defensive IQ will always be there but he is definitely getting older he looks like he's hurting a little bit um they definitely need another rim protector so the Clippers and the Lakers do they both need to make a move clippers clippers need to get another floor general point guard and the lakers can use another rim protector i would say i think they might get white side from us if if i'm saying what they need i think getting white side for the lakers would help them and getting because white side is really cheap and then the Clippers getting like a ricky rubio or a Rajon rondo that would help them maybe even uh, As far as maybe even Alfred Payton, you know, it doesn't have to be nothing major, but he needs to be a good floor general because a a floor general that's better than Patrick Beverly because Patrick Beverly is mainly for defense and he's like a spot up shooter. He won't create his own shots. He won't really create for others like that. But Ricky Rubio, Alfred Payton, um, Rayjean Rondo could provide what they need. And I already like the upgrade with with Serge Ibaka over Montrez Harrell. So they lack on two things. But as far as competing for those are the two, for sure, contenders for a championship. I don't think the Lakers just have this easy path like everybody's showing. The Clippers are still, I want to say they're still getting, they just, they're just having some regular season games. I don't really look at them blowing a lead as the biggest thing in the world in the regular season. I don't think so. Um, I feel like they can figure it out with Kawhi. Kawhi has a championship pedigree. So, and so does Serge Ibaka. They had a new coach. I think they're going to be just as good as the Lakers. I don't think the Lakers are far above anybody. If you look at who people are playing, you know, people, it's only been, it hasn't even been 15 games yet. You got to see how you play through. I haven't seen the, the Lakers play the Suns yet. We've seen the Lakers play the Clippers and they lost. We haven't seen the Lakers play the Celtics. We haven't seen them play the Bucks. We haven't seen them play the Nets. Okay. Yes. They beat the Spurs. They beat the Spurs twice. They beat the Timberwolves. They beat the Thunder. Okay, let's 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 relax and act. Let's not act like they're sure cut favorites. This is a good time in the NBA where there is no sure cut favorites, and that was proven last year with the Nuggets pulling a win off the Clippers. So there's no sure cut favorites. Anything can still happen, even though there's a big three arising. That that doesn't mean they're clear cut favorites. All right, they still have to build some continuity and beat teams with continuity. So that's my two cents on the next trade. I wanted to talk about my contenders. I'll give my Kings a break. They blew a 20-point lead. But like I said, I don't know. I'm confused. They show me great signs. There's still great promise. Um, the four people that I'm just really excited about is De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, Rashawn Holmes, and Harrison Barnes. So, you know, that's what that is. And yeah, we're going to see how these games go. Um, I can't wait for the Harden debut. And I think he's going to put up at least 30, 10 assists in his debut. Harden's very known for debuts when it matters, he really delivers. His I remember his debut for Houston when he went off. And his debut this season where everybody was doubting him being fat and stuff, he went out there and dropped a 40 point near triple double. So should be exciting. We're excited in exciting time in the East is is probably the most parody that we had in the NBA for a while. Um, as far as the West, LeBron and Kawhi is still rushing. Now there is pressure on Kawhi, and I admire the, the the sad thing is I really admire what LeBron is doing right now. Like he is my MVP favorite right now. Him Embiid and Jokic, and just seeing LeBron out there doing what he's at thirty six, it's amazing. But his fans are just so goddamn arrogant like they're like the seagulls from fucking nemo you know they like braun 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 like goddamn not everything has to do with braun so <laughs> they give me a headache like there's so many of them like oh my god oh my goodness but i appreciate lebron's game his fans are just a headache they're a cult like no other. So I'm going to leave it out here. Get my car fixed. I'm happy with my new job. I'm happy being out here in Sacramento and everything. And yeah, we'll keep pushing for these episodes. Like I said, I'm not going to talk about how consistent I am. It's only up for me to prove it to y'all. So I'm out. And this is it. Peace.